Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning to all of you that are in the room this morning, all of our friends that are joining us online, and for those that are listening on the radio Welcome. We are blessed to have the opportunity to share God's word with you today. For those of you that don't know, my name is Jimmy. I'm one of the pastors here on our incredible staff at FCC, and it's a pleasure to be able to serve God and you all today. We're glad you're here. We're in week two of this series that we're calling Driving on Empty, and last week, Pastor Matt kicked the series off with a message about stewarding our energy, and if you missed it, I'd encourage you to go to our website, fccfm.org to check it out. And the big idea for last week's message and actually fitting for this entire series is that it is better to refill your tank than to run out of gas. And uh, last week we talked about investing your energy into things that matter, things like your faith in God, your family and friends, your food and physical health and your finances and profession. And in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna talk about resting well, fighting for your family, and taking better care of your physical health. But today, today we're, we're going to focus on some less seen things. Today we're going to talk about the importance of doing the heart work. And all of the topics in this series have a place and they all deserve attention. But the heart work that we're discussing is an unseen Thing And for some of you, you may think I'm saying the hard work, but that is also a part of our big idea for today. The hard work can be hard work, but it's worth it. The hard work can be hard work, but it's worth it. Because sometimes things look good on the surface, but they are everything but that. We see this in scripture. When the Lord sent Samuel, the prophet, to go to Jesse's house to anoint the next king of Israel, Jesse had a bunch of sons that had the appearance of being good picks for being the king. But the Lord said something to the prophet Samuel that should be sobering for all of us. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Speaking of the heart, Jesus tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. but he precedes that with this. He says, love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And then Jesus reminds us in Luke 6, 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings forth out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And sometimes we'll say, well, I didn't mean to say that. Well, maybe you didn't mean to say it out loud. But maybe you did actually mean to say it. It's important to understand when we read the Bible that we need to keep in consideration that the original text of the Bible was not actually written in English. The Old Testament was written primarily in Hebrew and the New Testament primarily written in Greek. And the reason that that is important is because in the English language, we sometimes simplify words. Just for an example, the word that we would use when we say we love somebody or we love something, that's one word in English. But in the Bible, there are seven different words 
words for the word love. In Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, there are three. And in the Greek, there are four different words for the word love. And as I was preparing for today, the Lord led me to two scriptures that actually use two different words in the English. One of them is in the Old Testament, so it's written in Hebrew. And one of them is in the New Testament, so it's written in Greek. And they are different words as well. But when looking them up in the Strong's and the Lexicon, they actually have a similar meaning. Again, just to understand today, we're talking about the heart work. We're not talking about our physical organ, the heart. It's important that we start at the same place. So let's check out these two passages. First in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. Now there's a lot there to unpack today, that everything you do flows from your heart. And then let's look at 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So the Hebrew word for heart in Proverbs 4.23 is lave, is the way it's pronounced. And it's a Greek word. Uh, and 3 John 1, 2, for the word soul that we just read in that passage, that Greek word is suke. It's one of the words where we get the word psychology from, but they have almost identical definitions. Now, the Bible reminds us that we ourselves, individually as people, are made up of different parts. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our body, this temple, this temporary tabernacle that we live this life on this side of eternity in. And then our spirit, which communicates with God. And then there's our soul. Today we're focusing on our soul, the heart and soul. That's what we're talking about when we talk about doing the heart work and I decided to reach out to a friend that understands the text in the original Greek and Hebrew much better than I do, Dr. Les Harden. He is a professor of New Testament at Johnson University. And I asked him about this word for heart in Proverbs 4 and this word for soul here in 3 John in these two passages. And he said this, and I felt like he articulated it so much better instead of me trying to say it. I'm just going to read you the two things he sent me. He said, in both languages, we're referring to heart here in Proverbs and soul in 3 John. This is the center of a person. Lots of Westerners think it's the seat of emotion, but that's actually wrong too. That's too small. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Suke, the Greek, is the center, the soul, the self, and the life. These are all possible translations, but don't separate them as if your heart is physical and your soul is eternal. Both represent what today we would call core. To know my heart is to know me. To know your heart is to know you. That is our soul. Ancient kings used to put in their decrees, follow these with all of your heart, as we just read that Jesus actually shared with us. It's a call to be obedient to the king with your whole life, your whole center, your entire being. So your heart and soul, doing the heart work, or in the center of who you really are. So as Proverbs would ask, how are you doing with guarding your heart? 
Or maybe an easier question. I, I do pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. But is your soul getting along well? And Nobody can answer that for you but you and God today. And as we're talking about the overall view of how we're actually doing, running on empty or getting close to it, is your heart and your soul getting along well? If it is and you're doing good, I just want to say that's amazing. And that's really, really good news. It's really good news because the truth is, is you know someone that is not in that state in this season of their life. And you've probably interacted with somebody today that it seems like they are doing well, but actually they are hanging on by a thread. And you could be the person to share hope with them today. You could be the person of peace that God sends to minister to them this week. And if you yourself, the center of who you are, your heart and soul are not getting along well, the good news is, is that God's word speaks to this and has some things for you and for us. Here are a couple of next steps for us to work on getting spiritually, emotionally, mentally healthy and doing the hard work. And I say a few steps because you may already be doing some of these things, but you may be missing one of these in a season that you're struggling today. And the number one thing first that we're going to talk about is to stop. And even when I wrote that for the first time in my notes on my notebook in my office, all these songs with the word stop came to mind and I got distracted instantly just writing the word stop, stop in the name of love. All these songs come to mind. Stop. Wait a minute. Anyways, all the songs just happened naturally. The thing is, is the word stop is a complete sentence. Some would ask, well, what am I supposed to stop? And the appropriate answer is yes. Stop that. Whatever that is. I learned a lot from the little man that's growing up in our house, and some days he is eight years old, going on 28, and sometimes he will ask us what we're having for dinner tomorrow before we even eat lunch today. At times he will ask what we're doing next Christmas, and we haven't even put our Christmas stuff from last year away in the garage. That's actually our current status in our house right now. And uh, some days for school, he struggles to get up early, but on the days that he doesn't have to get up, he gets up really early because he doesn't want to miss anything. If we could bottle his energy up and sell it, we'd be loaded. But all that's happening because he's growing. And his mind and his body and his spirit, his soul are all growing at different paces. And his mind is going 100 miles an hour. His body is trying to keep up. And we are too. And uh, the thing is, is, he's had nothing happen in his life thus far, holding him back from dreaming about the impossible. And that's really good. But because of all of that, he struggles to just be still sometimes. And in the culture that we live in, things are always pushing us to do more. And all of these things are constantly fighting for our attention. And the truth is, is even as people that would be considered to be more mature or older in age with more experience, we struggle just the same. There's so much going on. And sometimes we just need to hit the pause button or turn down the noise and just take a few minutes to Stop, but then we feel like if we do that, everything will fall apart. And the truth is, we're falling apart for not doing it. Psalm 46, beginning in verse 10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We can be still because he is God and we are not. 
We can be still because he is in control when everything seems everything but that. And sometimes, here's the truth in my life. Maybe you've experienced this before too. We can actually miss God's best for our life in the moment because we run right past the thing that we need because we are distracted by the thing that we want. God's just calling us to stop. Just take a few moments. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The command to stop and remember the Sabbath in Exodus 20 and the invitation from Jesus to stop and find rest in him in Matthew 11 that we talk more about next week, they weren't to restrict us as much as they were meant to protect us. Our body, our soul, our spirit can only go so long before we break down or run out of gas. And there's a powerful word in the Bible that we see in the Old Testament. It's the word selah. And this word occurs 71 times in the 39 Psalms and three times in the book of Habakkuk. And most Bible scholars believe that Selah is a probably a liturgical musical mark or instruction in the reading of the text, which literal, the literal meaning or translation is stop and listen or pause and take a breath. In fact, we just read from uh, Psalm 46, and in the New King James or King James translations or older translations, you actually see in that chapter alone, the word Selah is written three times. Pause, breathe, stop. Intentionally make time to stop. Number two, spend time in Scripture. Of course, the pastor would tell me to do that. Your input impacts your output. And that's true of what you eat physically as much as it is what you consume emotionally and spiritually. As people of faith that follow Jesus, we need to let God's word be a guide to fill us back up with something good and spiritual fuel for the journey. Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light on my path. And back then they didn't have headlights. They didn't have these LEDs that could throw 500 feet. Literally, they may have had an oil lamp or a candle at best or a torch. And for the path to be illuminated, they had to continue to take steps. And we need to allow God's word to help us find a rhythm in the steps that we take. Romans 15 Four, it says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And the truth is, and I'm guilty of this, that sometimes we look at reading scripture as a chore, something that we have to do, something I should read, and sometimes I don't feel like it. But I can't tell you how many times in my own life when I've needed something and I didn't know where it was going to come from or what that thing was. And sometimes as a last resort, I would actually open the Bible and say, God, okay, I don't know where else to turn. I need you to show me something. And the way that God works, and sometimes in a way that only he is capable of, he would lead me to a passage of scripture or a verse that would speak directly to my situation in the moment because God knew what I needed. And sometimes I've spent time praying for God to give me a word when really I just needed to spend more time reading some of the words he's already given to us. Stop. Spend time in scripture. Seek God in prayer. This is another one of those pastors who are going to tell you to do things, right? Of course, the pastor asked me to pray. 
But why? <laughs> because this is true in my life as much as it's true in your life, is that God's plan has always been better than my plan. I don't know. I, I just had this, this epiphany about this the other day, and I don't know why this is, but if you've ever been using your GPS and before, and it still does, the GPS will recommend a faster route, or maybe it will recommend a route without tolls if you don't want to pay the tolls or whatever. Now the GPS actually recommends slower routes. Like when is that necessary? Like why, what, why do I want to take a slower route? That doesn't make any sense. God's plan is always better than ours. Isaiah 55, 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Why else does this matter to pray? It's not just something that we're checking off of a list or getting our gold star for doing it today. Because Jesus did it. Jesus prayed. Luke 5, beginning in verse 15, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. If Jesus needed to spend time in prayer with our heavenly father, how much more do I? The other reason why we need to pray and seek God is not just because it's a religious practice. It's not just something that people of faith do. It's because the God that we're praying to loves us, loves us. You would hope if you've had children in your life or young people in your life and you tell them that, they, that you love them so much, no matter what they do or what they're struggling with, that they can come to you. That's always true of God, even more so because he knew what we were going to do before we got there. And he already had a path to help us get back close in step with him. First Peter five, seven, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Last, but certainly not least this morning, speak to someone, you know, God made us for relationships. And that started at the beginning when he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And this is not just speaking of a romantic kind of relationship. Jesus sent the disciples out in twos. God even has community within himself and the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Proverbs 17, 17, it says, a friend loves at all times and a brother or sister is born for a time of adversity. It's great to have friends to celebrate with, but when things really get hard, that's what God gives us these relationships for. All throughout the word of God, we see God saying to us, don't do life alone. James 5, 16, it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We can go to God for forgiveness, but he uses people to bring healing to our lives. And we need to use wisdom with this, right? You don't need to tell everybody all of your things. Proverbs 15, 22, it says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Don't put all your business in the street. Don't put all your mess on Facebook. I'm gonna say that again. Don't put all your mess on Facebook. But here's the thing. If you're the only one that knows your secrets, that could lead to more pain. And I think it's important to say this. There is no shame ever in reaching out for help you are not less spiritual because of it. Because God wired us to lean on our brothers and sisters. I grew up in the church and I believe that we are a spiritual people and we should pray first, but God also uses people to help us. The Bible is full of this. 
And if you're struggling, whether it be mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, yes, pray. We just talked about that, but maybe you need a different job. Maybe you need a new environment. Maybe you need a counselor. Maybe you need a new peer group. Maybe you need a doctor. I was brought up in an environment when I was a kid where if you had an issue, you would go pray about it. And if the issue didn't change, you didn't pray long enough. Sometimes in the church, unfortunately, there's a stigma for some people and there's shame attached to taking medication. Well, the truth is that sometimes there are chemical imbalances in our body that can only be changed with being properly diagnosed or prescribed medicine aside from God touching our body. There are plenty of times where people have come for support and we pray for them and we give them scripture and we give them encouragement. And then sometimes we recommend clinical counseling with a professional that has resources and experiences that we don't have. But I want to say this to you today. Whether you're battling with addiction or self-worth or anxiety or loss or depression or loneliness, I know that sometimes those things can get so loud you have no idea who to turn to or which way to turn to. But what you need to know is you don't have to battle that mess alone. That's the point of the body. My childhood was not the worst, but it was not perfect and as a kid, I was raised in church. I grew up doing something called Bible drills. Some of you have no idea what that means. Um, it sounds like wrecking a Bible, and you never do that. No, what it meant is that somebody would call out a verse, and we would race to see who could find the verse and stand up and say it the quickest. I was raised in that kind of environment. I, I was raised in such a way where I could find most of the books of the Bible without looking at the table of contents. I was raised knowing that Jesus loved me and that he had an incredible plan for my life, but there's still seasons of my life that played out like a tragic country song that you only want to listen to once. You know what I'm talking about. When I was 14, all of this happened in one year. I got a bruised kidney from football, couldn't play the rest of the season. Somebody literally stole our dog out of our backyard. I had a friend that died from a game of truth or dare that went horribly wrong as a young teenager. My then girlfriend broke up with me and my parents were going through a divorce. And as a 14 year old Christian kid, I attempted to take my own life. I knew the hope yet. I didn't feel the hope. Just over five years ago, I found myself walking through a divorce that I did not choose, but I also could not stop while I was pastoring a church and a dream that God gave to me. And I was doing what God told me to do, but it didn't change the fact that the bottom was dropping out on my life. And I say that to you this morning to say this. I don't need to know your pain to know that it's real because I've had my own. But I can tell you this, that we serve a God of restoration and healing and hope. And you need to know this, friends, that God loves you. We don't get up here and share scriptures every week just to show you how much we know that you don't know. The point of all of it is to know that God loves you and he has a plan for your life and your current diagnosis or situation doesn't have to dictate your destiny because God's not finished with your story. God loves you ridiculously, and whether this chapter or the last couple of chapters, or maybe all of the chapters up till this point in your life have been full of pain or regret or brokenness, the good news is, is that Jesus does his best work when he takes broken people and the broken pieces of their life and picks them back up and puts them back together and rebuilds something beautiful from the mess and the pain that we never could have saw 
coming in our life. And I'm not sure which step you need to take for the takeaway today, but you need to pick one of these that's missing and trust God with it, whether you need to stop or spend time in scripture or seek God in prayer or speak to someone. I don't preach from this pulpit. None of us do having it all figured out. We do so from a place of humility to let you know that God has changed everything for us. And that is the only thing that will change your life. If you're willing to trust him with whatever steps you have to take. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. And we do pray that you enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along. The hard work can be the hard work, but it's always worth it because God loves you and you can trust him because you're worth it. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for today. I thank you for your presence that is here, that you are an ever-present help in times of trouble. And God, I know that we're all in different seasons of our life, and I know that there are people in this room as much as those that are watching online and those that are listening on the radio God, that today need a desperate touch from your spirit. God, I don't know which of these steps they need to take, but God, what I do know is that you are faithful. When I have not been, God, you have showed up. When I didn't know where to turn, Lord God, you led me. There are many in this room and those that are online that can testify to the same thing, but I know that there are many that are hurting today. God, I pray that you would help us to trust you, to do the heart God, that you would give those that need to the courage to take whatever their next step is. For someone's putting their trust in you, Jesus, completely. Surrendering control of their life over to you, getting baptized, making the decision, God, to surrender control of their life to you. God, for some, they need to take a pause. Some, God, they need to start reading your word. God, some, they need to pray. God, some, they need to talk to somebody. God, whatever those things are. God, we thank you in Jesus' name, Lord God, that the story's not finished because you're not done. Author and finisher of our faith, we thank you for your faithfulness in our life, and we love you. We thank you for the work you're gonna continue to do. Bless my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at fccfm.org.